podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Wednesday on which Liverpool have returned to pre-season. The lactate test has taken place. Mo Salah, Darwin Nunes and Dominic Zaboslai appear to have been the standout performers in said lactate test. And everybody's very excited about Dominic and what a machine he looks like and the fact that, frankly, he didn't even look to be sweating by the end of his lactate test. He looked fine. He looked like he could go and do it again. So that's very, very promising. Salah, we know, is a machine, <clears throat> and Darwin is uh, is a freak of nature anyway. So these are all good things, all very promising things. I wanted to just highlight Mo because I do feel like Mo is one of the players at the club who's at times taken for granted a little bit. Never given nearly enough credit when the team was great, but gets far too much stick when the team doesn't perform to the expected level. It's a very strange thing. Mo, Virgil and Alisson, of everyone, they're the three most important players at the club. They're the three who raise the ceiling on this team. They're the three that make us potential champions, potential champions, league winners. It's those three. They're the three best players of Jurgen Klopp's era at Liverpool. Now, there have been other great players. Trent, Fabinho, Ginny, Mane, Bobby, Robbo. But they're not on the same level as Salah, Alisson and Virgil. And when we won the, the Champions League... And we won the title in back-to-back seasons. There was far too much credit given to players that played lesser roles and less important roles than those three did. What those three did was go out week after week after week and turn in nine out of ten performances. What those three did was drag us over the line game after game when we needed them. Our defensive record in those seasons was incredible. Now, you can throw out the last two months of the title-winning season because we had the league wrapped up and we conceded a bunch of goals that we shouldn't have. But defensively, we were an absolute machine that year, as we had been the previous season. And that was down to Allison and down to Virgil because Trent and Robbo, were glorified wingers. They were playing that high up. And Virgil's centre-back partner tended to rotate 
Some games it was Joel Matip, some games it was Joe Gomez, and some games, Lord have mercy on our souls, it was the pebble, who's awful. And Virgil managed, this is how good Virgil is. Virgil managed to make Dejan Lovren look like a competent centre-back. That's how good he was. And I keep seeing people say, oh, Virgil's washed because he had a bad season last year. Well, let's revisit. He's two years removed from returning from a torn ACL. And in his first season back, he was the best defender in the world by a considerable margin. Maybe not by as much as he was pre-ACL, but still a considerable margin. Virgil joined us in January 2018. And from then up until he had an unfortunate accident with a tiny armed man, he was by far the best centre-back any of us had ever seen at this club. He was by far the best centre-back the Premier League had seen. He was very much in the category of all-timer. Have we ever, ever seen any centre-back do this week after week after week? Not just the defensive side of it, but the passing. The aerial dominance. The recovery pace. Forget just the 1v1 stuff, which was outrageous. Everything else about Virgil. The fact that because of him, we could go anywhere and defend the high line, which meant our midfield and attack could press like demons, knowing they had him behind them. And I've always said, I believe the best centre-back ever is Franco Baresi. And the best I'd seen, because I didn't see Baresi's prime on at the time, I saw it afterwards. But the best centre-back I'd seen, start of career to end of career, was Alessandro Nesta. Now, I would still say his longevity would put him over Virgil in terms of greatness. But Nesta at his best was not as good as Virgil at his best. He just wasn't. He wasn't Virgil level on the ball. He wasn't Virgil level of of dominant. He was a brilliant defender, flawless. But so was Virgil, and Virgil had aspects that Nesta didn't quite have. Nesta was quick, but he wasn't Virgil levels of quick. He was good on the ball, but he wasn't Virgil level on the ball. So that's where Virgil was. A short arm prick buckles his knee. He misses the guts of a year, comes back, is immediately the best centre-back on the planet again. And then last season, he had a, a poor year. And here's the key phrase, by his standards. By his standards. Not by the standards that other defenders are held to. Just by his standards. He was still one of the five or six best defenders in the Premier League last season. And there's no way around that. He just was. But he wasn't what we'd seen before. So people now decide to write him off. He was better last season than Lissandro Martinez. But if to, to listen to pundits 
and fans, Martinez is the greatest centre-back the game has ever seen and Virgil's some sort of bum. Realistically, you can make cases for Sven Botman, Ruben Diaz, William Saliba, Gabriel, and that's probably it as having been better than Virgil last season. And Ibu would be the other, but he missed a chunk of the season. You're not making real cases for anybody else. You're just saying words that don't mean anything. And even the Arsenal duo made mistakes, but they got away with it because the team was playing so well. Diaz and Botman were on a different level last season to the rest. Of course, were overlooked when it came. Botman being overlooked by everybody when it came to team this season, despite being the best centre back in the league. But I would have no doubts about Virgil bouncing back this season. Last season was weird. The World Cup made it weird. Virgil clearly played within himself because he didn't want to end up missing the World Cup the way he'd missed the Euros. I think he he gambled on. I'll just be able to turn it back on after the World Cup. And there was moments where he did, and then there was moments where he didn't. But look at his performance at home to City when he just decided, I'm I'm just putting Haaland in my pocket here. Notably, that's also Joe Gomez's best performance last season, which tends to happen when Virgil is all-encompassing. The guy next to him tends to be great. We used to have conversations, genuine conversations, debating Matip versus Lovren. Now, obviously, there was only one answer there, but other idiots would say, oh, well, Lovren's probably the better of the two. That's where Matip was pre-Virgil. With Virgil, we were talking about him as one of the three or four best defenders in the league. So that's the way he elevated players. It's the way he still can elevate players. It's how he elevated the team when we won the league and the Champions League. And yet he got far too little of the credit for that and far too much of the blame for last season. Alisson was incredible last year. Alisson has been incredible since the day he walked through the door. But at the same time, he's never fully been appreciated the way he should have been. This is the best goalkeeper in the world. This is the best goalkeeper the Premier League has ever seen. There's never been anybody in the league as rounded as Alisson. And realistically, if you go through the history of football, now, I don't think many of us saw Lev Yashin. So let's take it from the 70s to now. Outside of Manuel Naur, you will struggle to find a goalkeeper as perfect as Alisson. Now, for me, Gigi Buffon will always be number one. But I will admit that Gigi is not as rounded as Alisson or Naur. Manuel Naur was the comp before he came in. He's still the comp now. And... 
I think Allison is every bit as good as Nara was when he was at his peak. But again, never got enough credit when we were winning major honours. Got more credit last year than he did in the Champions League winning season and the Premier League winning season. There were even people that tried to downplay his importance because we won a bunch of games with Adrian in goal, which is just silly. And then there's Mo. And like the other two, from the minute he walked through the door, he was otherworldly. Mo Salah has been a consistent, world-class performer, game in, game out, season in, season out, since he joined. His consistency is ridiculous. His ability to score goals while also creating goals at elite levels is unlike anything we've seen from any winger in the Premier League. And let's get it right. He plays on the wing. He doesn't play through the middle. He's not a striker. And yet he puts up striker-type numbers. 44 and 52, 27 in 52, 23 in 48, 31 in 51, 31 in 51, 30 in 50, in 51. 186 in 305 games. Like, that's scandalous. Scandalous. He's never scored less than 19 in a Premier League season for us. Six straight years of 19 or more. Like, that is outrageous. Does it in the Premier League? Does it in the Champions League? And yet, I've seen people try to blame him for us missing the Champions League last season. Oh, he missed these two penalties. And he missed this chance and this chance. Well, what about the 30 goals he scored? And what about all the other goals he created? And what about all the other chances he created that that teammates missed? You see, Mo Salah isn't the problem here. Others let him down. He's never let anybody down. And you know how I know that Salah and Allison and Virgil are transcendent players who are on another level? Is that they only get compared to themselves. But other players, when people try to hype them up, compare them to these three. When people want to talk up Bakayo Saka, it's Salah that's the comp. When Chelsea fans want to pretend that Eden Hazard is the best player they've ever seen, they compare him to Salah. Even those weird Neymar perverts compare him to Salah. Because that's who Salah is. <clears throat> and yesterday I saw some idiot try and say that Riyad Mahrez was the best African player the Premier League had ever seen. Where the truth of it is that Riyad Mahrez is not one of the five best African players the Premier League has seen. Now, two through five 
you can debate amongst yourselves, but the players are not debatable. You've got Didier Drogba, Michael Essien, Yaya Toure, and Sadio Mane. You can put them in whatever order you want. That's your personal choice. But number one, there is no other choice because this guy has lapped the field. It's Mo Salah. He's the best African player the Premier League has seen. Some people will say, oh, well, what about Weah and Etu? They were crap in the Premier League. Now, if you want to go career by career, Etu is a top five African player of all time. That's fair. Weah, I would say, still to this day, is the best African player ever, purely because he won World Player of the Year, and no other African player has done that. But Mo would be a very, very, very close number two. And let's not forget the man was robbed of his Ballon d'Or in 2017-2018. Because if Sergio Ramos doesn't cheat in that Champions League final, who knows what happens. And then Salah goes to the World Cup compromised. And doesn't, doesn't perform the way we know he could have. But these three were not given enough credit when we won those trophies. And yet Virgil and Alisson, sorry, uh, Virgil and Salah shouldered far more blame last season than the players that consistently played poorly last season, who were actually shocking. And far lesser players who had far less to do with that success got the majority of the credit when we won those trophies. And yet, I've never seen any journalist suggest that their time has come, despite the fact that they've been dreadful for years. But questions over Salah, questions over Virgil. And it's a really weird thing, and it's kind of specific only to our club where the truly great players don't get the credit they deserve and the -the run-of-the-mill bang-average grafters are held up on pedestals. I don't remember Darren Fletcher and Phil Neville being given all the credit for the trebles that United won. Don't remember it but their Liverpool equivalents were given the majority of the credit when we won a league in the Champions League. It's a very strange thing. But someday, Virgil and Ali and Mo will be gone. And maybe then, maybe then people will realise how much they took them for granted and how little they actually appreciated them. Because without those three, Jurgen Klopp wouldn't still be Liverpool manager. We'd still be waiting for a Premier League title. And we'd have five, not six. Anfieldindex.com. Lots of new content up there. Plenty of writing. Um, David Lynch has started a YouTube channel. Um, so doing him a solid as we do here at Anfield Index. Give him a follow on YouTube. I think it's just 
I think it's just David Lynch. Hang on. Let's get it up. I think it's David Lynch. Uh, LFC is his... It's David Lynch hyphen Liverpool FC. So give him a follow, do a subscribe, watch the stuff. He's got one video up so far. Um, it's it's well worth your while. There's a lot of good information there. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't understand how a national outlet hasn't picked him up. Um, the video is about 10 minutes. Give it a watch. A lot of good information in there. And give him a subscribe and a thumbs up and whatever else you need to do to help him out. Because obviously, we want to continue to get the best information about the club we follow. And Paul Joyce, God bless him, doesn't know that he has a Twitter account, has never heard of YouTube, doesn't really know what's going on at all, other than the fact that he knows everything about the club. And, like, doesn't want to share some of it, you know? Whereas Neil Jones and David Lynch are the next two, and neither of them have that national platform that they deserve. So whatever they're doing, be it YouTube, be it Substack, go and support them because they don't pander and they don't pretend. They're just normal lads who've made careers for themselves without kissing arse. And they don't bluff. They also don't talk down to the fan base. So make sure you give him a follow on YouTube. Subscribe to Neil Jones' Substack as well. And I will see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.